Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by beat reporter Jim Thomas. And uh, kind of a black armband edition of the, uh, yeah. the NetFront here. Uh, for those fans of number 91, uh, and those of you who had Vladimir Tarasenko on your fantasy team, boy, I was, uh, you know, I, I suspected trouble when because he's had shoulder trouble when he left the game against the Kings. But, boy, I did not imagine to get the news that we got coming out of the weekend that he's done for the regular season, JT. Big blow. Yeah, and you would have thought if if the shoulder needed surgery, you would have known by Friday. And so, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know why they they. I mean, maybe one of the doctors was out of town or, or or something. Maybe they. I don't know what would be the benefit if the Blues knew on Friday and and waited till Monday to announce it. But I was a little surprised. I thought, again, if if it was something serious, they would know right away. And uh, there's no there's no quick recovery time for shoulders those are minimum five months although the first time around which Doug Armstrong said was a reconstruct this would be like what like three days after the 1718 uh, season you know they it was a five it, it was supposedly a reconstructive surgery which is obviously pretty s- severe stuff when you're reconstructing a, uh, a shoulder but he was back in five months I get the feeling, though, when you were there uh, yesterday, uh, Doug Armstrong is, uh, we don't get him very often at these uh, media sessions, press conference, but he's, he's usually pretty good and, for the most part, uh, you know, pretty honest and, and, and fairly open about stuff. But uh, it sounds like they're not going to rush it with Vladdy this time around. Well, you wrote about this uh, in the uh, Post-Dispatch and having some personal experience with uh, shoulder injuries in your family and we've seen other shoulder injuries be it pro football uh on this hockey team in the past with al mckinnis who ended up having a lot of trouble with his shoulder it, these are tough deals right and now the concern is for vladimir tarasenko is you don't want this to become a career changing type of an episode you want to get him as close to being vladimir tarasenko again as you can mindful that re-injury is with shoulders is is a big concern yeah once those ligaments and tendons are stretched there's no especially when you if you dislocate your shoulder several times and you have multiple surgeries and and now we're at two with vladdy there there's only so much they can do now again he can wear a brace a, a lot of athletes regardless of the sport don't like to wear a brace uh that would keep it in place and i think if it was just shooting and skating around he'd be fine but you know just the odd collisions and not necessarily the most violent ones i mean the hit that uh went, the initial injury was the the uh regular season ending finale against colorado when in 1718 when the blues needed a point against the fighting stan Cronkies to, to make the playoffs he was going in to hit Landeskog, and there was barely any contact. But he just, like, hit it the wrong way. And then we all saw the Sean Walker just kind of got up underneath uh, uh, Tarasenko's shoulder, and he just kind of extended it in a, in a way that uh, wasn't good, obviously. So maybe, uh, and uh, I, I don't want to play Dr. Armstrong, Doug Armstrong here, but, yeah, maybe it's just like a little tear or something uh, this time. Well, we'll see. I mean, he plays a physical game, and he strength and the ability to ward off a checker, the ability to get a shot off when he's being draped. These are attributes that are important to Vladimir Tarasenko. So uh, it probably affects him more than it would a pure uh, skate-and-shoot guy. Mm-hmm. Because he's gonna, you know, for the for Tarasenko to be the tank again, to be the guy that can uh, could be almost a power forward at times, um, it's important that he that he get back. So certainly challenging, and the worst part for Vladimir is the uh, 
the work ahead. And Doug Armstrong referenced it, that he's done it before he knows the drill. But, man, once he's healed up, months and months in the gym. Yeah, and not, not pleasant, gruesome, tiresome stuff, tedious stuff. And now, again, what do you do with the Blues? Let's just say you, you're, you make the playoffs. Do you get them right, right back right away and like, hey, we can make another run at the Cup? Or, or are you worried a little bit long term? I think if he gives it a little more time, strengthens, the more he strengthens up the muscles around the shoulder, he'll be better off. Of course, we've got a we've got a lot of road to travel before we even get to you know April and, and thinking about how how to use them in the playoffs or if to use them in the if if you use them in the playoffs. Yeah, all right. So we'll, before we talk about what the team's got to do now in the next five months to to get there, if we do look ahead, now the good news is if there's good news that if in fact Vladimir Tarasenko cannot come back this year, then Doug Armstrong will be able to add whomever as a rental player, if he chooses to go that route, if the team is in position at the trade deadline, because they'll have the cap space. He won't, he won't have massive cap space if Vladimir's coming back. He'll have, they'll create, they're going to create some space now with him being out. But if, he, if they determine that, hey, look, he's not going to make it back this year, if they get that signal by the trade deadline, then there's no rental player off limits, really, for this team. No, and it just depends how much you want to spend now. Long term, uh, if it's a... a a rental player that you want to do an extension with, <laughs> it's going to affect Mister yeah. Petrangelo. Correct. Remember that they bring in Falk. He gets a, he gets an extension as part of the uh, really as part of the uh, the trade. But yeah, if you just want to get a rental for 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 one year, and and who knows if it's uh, I, I I believe you you mentioned uh, Taylor Hall and uh, Dave Kreider, and uh, uh, I mean who knows if if you, yeah. if you want to do if you want to do that so. And as we uh, as we have uh, seen here, uh, Doug Armstrong isn't averse to, to no. making a bold move. No, there'll be some guys. I mean, our guy uh, Luke Hork was pointing out on on, on Twitter that a, a fan proposed uh, Jake Allen and prospects for uh, Taylor Hall. For Taylor Hall, well, one, uh, yeah, New Jersey could use better goaltending. The, there's no no evidence that Jake Allen's better than what they have. Uh, so that's a problem. And also prospects, yeah, no, that's uh, Taylor Hall's pretty good player. Yeah, Chris Kreider, yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna rebuild. Their younger guys are playing well in New, New York. They're committed to rebuilding. They're unlikely to bring him back. Uh, maybe there's something he could do there. If, if, if it turns out that Vladdy can't play, if this team is in position to make a run, if they think the window is open this year to contend for the Cup again, yeah, he'd look at that. He's yeah. not afraid. The man is not afraid. No, no, no. We've seen that with all the moves he made uh, uh, a couple of Julys ago with uh, bringing in Perron and, and uh, uh, Maroon and, and the big trade, of course, for, for O'Reilly. And then uh, uh, the year before that, Braden, Braden Shen. And then, of course, the uh, oh, I'll go out and get a three-time All-Star defenseman. No, and I think if you – now, look, because he's done this heavy lifting, he goes into this year, he's got a lot of players – uh, who can play? You know, they've locked up Braden Shen, who's off to a terrific start. You know, getting him was a great acquisition. Obviously, O'Reilly is full of self-loathing right now because he's only got a couple of goals, but he's really – he's going to be fine. David Perron is off to a terrific start. This team does have a lot of good players, and in my view on it was got to use for this team to uh, to continue doing what it's doing. And, and this is a team that's got its identity. This is a team that's got its character. This is a chance for a lot of guys to do more and a real opportunity for a team that actually has a bunch of guys who, th- at least in theory, could be a lot better than they've oh, yeah. played a lot bigger roles than they have. Yeah, and uh, I think Doug Armstrong mentioned it 
I think framed it properly. He he doesn't, and, and a lot of times when a player gets injured, the players, the team, they're going to put a positive spin. But I think he really feels like they have enough depth, they have enough in the organization that they can make the playoffs and and make a run. And 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 who knows what'll happen with with uh, with hot goaltending or or whatever. But I think if they have say another one of their core players or a couple of their core players have significant injuries, then they're in trouble. But right now, I think I think he honestly believes he's got enough to weather the storm. But as you said, who picks up those 33 goals? And as Craig Berube said, it's not like you're going to wave the wand over uh, uh, Zach Sanford and all of a sudden he's a 30-goal scorer. Right. But, but you've got to have, you know, maybe four or five guys uh, pick it up. I think we all think that Robert Thomas and Sammy Blay, based on – what they've shown at the start of the season, both have been a little nicked up, but also how Thomas finished last season, that they can, those are two guys that I, I think you can have a fair amount of confidence that they can pick it up. You know, uh, what did Thomas get? Nine, nine goals last year that maybe he could be a 15 to 20. That doesn't seem like, a, no. you know, if he stays healthy, that doesn't seem like a stretch and play. He's already exceeded his, his, his career high. What's he got? Three goals and two assists. So, you know, Maybe he could be a 12 to 15 goal scorer, but then you, you need a little bit more. And where does that little bit more come from? Robbie Sanfrey, Zach Sanford, you know, a veteran. I, I think we talked about this at the rink, uh, Jeff, you and I, and a, and a couple other the writers. You know, uh, Alexander Steen, we know his career's on a downhill uh, uh, incline, you know, father time, undefeated, all that. But, uh, you know, he has no goals this year. You need, you know, 8, 10, 12 goals from from him and Barbashev doesn't have a goal yet. He had 14, a breakout year. And he's another guy we, we talked about O'Reilly, but Barbashev not taking a lot of shots. So some of these guys like Sunquist, he's a good passer as we we've, we've seen. He's almost too unselfish. Same with Thomas, take the shot. And I think they both realize that I was talking to Sunquist. He said, yeah, there are times when I, instead of passing it, that I, that I need to shoot it. And Thomas defers a lot. Robert, don't defer any. Don't defer any longer. I mean, if you if you have a good look, take the shot. So I, I kind of look at these. I kind of put this into two categories of guys, um, or maybe three, because I'll put Steen into his own Steen into his own category. But okay, so we're, you're looking at the group, the younger guys who have top six potential. You mentioned Sammy Blay, who's been the winner so far of the uh, who's going to progress the most quickly uh, this year among these players. He's jumped right up and uh, earned a. Top six role when healthy. Uh, you, we've talked about Zach Sanford's got the size. He's got the size and, and skill combination. Not a not star potential, but a very solid guy that can fit in uh, up that level. Uh, Robbie Fabry apparently has his, most of his speed back, still trying to get his game back, all these injuries. Then you throw in Jordan Cairo coming back from his knee injury, and you throw in Clem Costin, who's about ready to, to see his first NHL duty. will certainly play in the NHL this year. just don't know in what role. Those are five younger guys mm-hmm. that have a chance to be top six, top baby. Top and you're not even guys. counting Thomas there right. in that group. Well, yeah, yeah and I think Thomas has sort of established himself as a guy that can, mm-hmm. can be there. And so, yeah, that that's a pretty good block of people. Then you have the guys who could uh, could play up and, and have a bigger role. And your boy Sonny, mm-hmm. Oscar, is uh, you know, played up and, and showed some punch. And you mentioned Barbershev. He's a couple guys that scored 14 goals last year. Mm-hmm. At times, both guys have played up in the in the lineup. And then the older guy, Steen, who's also been a guy up in the lineup at that 15 to 20 goal level pretty much his entire career until the age and the injuries really took a toll. 
So there you go. I mean, those are you got guys who can play up who are now in bottom six, bottom three roles. You've got a bunch of guys with some potential to play in the top six and certainly the top nine. And out of that pile, some of them. Yeah, are you don't need all of them, right? You, what you need two or three of them, maybe. But that, but that's where the growth opportunity comes. And I tried to pump some sunshine into this uh, tragedy today in the mm-hmm. paper by um, pointing out that this team there's a lot of growth potential here. And now this is their opportunity. If a number of these things do happen and you either get 91 back or you replace them with another skilled player for the playoffs, now you're a better team. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah. you can get to a, 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 even a better place than you were a year ago if the guy sees the opportunity that's there now. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. Looks like Blay will get the first bite out of the apple on the on the Shen-Schwartz uh, line. He's been battling a, a thumb issue, but uh, – uh, it, t- today at the at the rink, he he said the thumb's fine. He'll be in the lineup, and he's with uh, he's with the Shen line. So it's a great opportunity uh, uh, for Sammy. And uh, as you mentioned, Sanford maybe doesn't have star qualities, but when he's good, he looks really good. It's just right. he'll have a really good game or two, and then he just kind of fades into the uh, kind of fades into the background. Baruby said it's an, an intensity thing, and obviously he's talked to Sanford. Sanford's aware of that. Just the the day-in, day-out intensity. And sometimes it takes these guys just a while. Perron talked about the uh, over the weekend uh, dur- during the, the trip to Boston and Detroit that it took him a couple of years before he figured it out. Some guys figure it out right away. Ro- Robert Thomas looks like he's, he's made a pretty quick transition, but for some it takes longer. And maybe Sanford's a guy that it took, uh, it, it took longer. Now, Robbie Fabry, kind of an interesting case. It looks like uh, – uh, He's going to be out of the lineup with 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 Steen back, uh, at least for tonight's game, and I don't think he's very happy about it. And uh, I think when Tarasenko went down, a lot of guys, as as uh, Armstrong mentioned, their their eyes get big. I'm going to get some more ice time. And Fabry's been one of those nine, ten minute a game guys, and he thought, okay, this will be my chance. It may not be. They're sticking with McKechnie mm-hmm. right now on the fourth line. Steen's back. They like what he can do. And and again, Baruby's mentioned that nothing is set in concrete right now this it may take a while uh and some line shuffling to settle in what they're going to do without tarasenko but right now it looks like fabry's kind of at the bottom of the heap there yeah are you so you compare fabry and mckechern now the reason why you like mckechern is the same reason why back in the day they liked chris porter a college guy that came out was a leader in college didn't you know not a didn't put up gigantic numbers but uh, put up some numbers in the minors has some ability for sure but he plays in a straight line he is he grabs his role i know what my job is i'm playing in straight lines i'm going to go hit some people <laughs> i'm going to try to get puck possession i'm going to try to sustain puck possession i'm going to be really simple and super reliable they they know exactly what they're getting from pretty me. good skater pretty yeah, good skater i can get there i'll put the, I'll, I'll lay into some people i we will try to win the battles on the walls and that's my role and mm-hmm. i can i will go to the net and i will once in a while i'll punch one in because i know <laughs> where the net is too right cuz I, I have played at a, at a reasonably good level in college so He's not. He'll never be more than a fourth liner, but he could be a really good fourth line player and embrace it and do mm-hmm. well with it. Jim, a lot of guys at nine, ten minutes can't give you nine or ten good minutes. They can't. <laughs> they can't. They can't. They can't handle the light workload. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, they, they, they can't sit for 14 minutes because there was three power plays and, and two PKs and maybe you weren't on the PK unit and now you're sitting there and you've been sitting there for 15 minutes. Now you got 40 seconds to get the coach's attention, yeah. right? And also, McEachern being out of the lineup, it doesn't seem to bother him if he's out for four or five games. He seems like he comes in and he's ready. I, I think just one or two games into tonight, this, tonight will be like his maybe fifth game in a row. Just one or two games in, he looked like the McEachern of last year when yeah. he was playing well. Like you said, punching a goal in every now and then, hitting people, uh, checking during during the dirt, dirty work. He he earns, uh, and again, it's your trademark, he, he earns uh, consistently, seems like he earns Baruby points with how he plays. Well, he, Craig always wants predictability in his guys. Are you going to be where you're supposed to be? It's not that he totally stifles creativity with his group, but if you're a checker, you're supposed to check. If you're supposed to be someplace, be there. If the puck is put to a certain place in the offensive zone with the idea that you're going to get there, then you better get there, mm-hmm. depending on mm-hmm. just where it is. I mean, are you, do your teammates know that you're going to be where you're supposed to be, that you're going to circle back if the D-man pinches in? Are you going to, you know, all of the things you need to do. And once in a while, Robbie, you know, maybe a step or two late getting back. Yeah. You know, yeah. now he's he's also had some signs of hustling, but, you know, he's... <laughs> I think he's hustled more. I think right, maybe right. It's, it's it's clicked in. I've got to play this way. But, yeah, there have been times where, where he definitely is just kind of drifting out there. And Baruby does not like drifters. No, no. And, look, offensively, if he gets a chance and he's playing and he gets on a rush and he's an off-the-rush guy and he gets a good look, he needs to just let it rip. He did in the playoffs and one went in, right? Right. So right. that's part of his game. The other thing is he's got to go hunt pucks. He's got mm-hmm. to use that speed to get in on get in on people and get pucks. He just has to. Yeah. He, maybe he's not going to crush people. Like he's not a physical player, but he's got to get after the damn puck. Yeah. <laughs> just got to, and then stay <laughs> after it, and then get back and make sure he's back at the other end, getting after the puck again, right? Yeah. And you know we're at the point now with Barube. If if once you've been scratched a lot by the same coach, you know, it's getting tough. And it's obviously I think it's different with a guy like. Fabry getting scratched repeatedly, and McEachern. I mean, it's just, just a, yeah, I mean, it's kind Mc, of an apples you know, and oranges McKenzie thing knows what he's, his role is. He's, right. he's the extra guy. When he gets in there, he's supposed to do his job. And when he's not in there, he's supposed to stay ready. Right. Because he could have to play the next game. Right. So, and whereas Fabry, I'm sure, and based on I, – I never saw as a beat writer – uh, Fabry pre-knee injury, but I'm sure he fashioned himself as a top six guy. Certainly yeah, at worst, sure. a top nine guy. And if you're used to that, if that's been the role your whole life and you've been a productive guy and you're on the power play and you're on an offensive line and you're getting touches, you're getting a chance to play with the puck, that's what you're used to. You find yourself, and guys like that almost never work out as a fourth-line player because they have to have the puck. And they, they're used to minutes and they're used to the puck. If you're a fourth-line guy, you're, you're banging into people. You're, you might get a puck once in a while, but your main job is to, um, is to tilt the ice, keep it going the other way, and, and not, not get too cute. No drop passes, none of that fun stuff you got to do when you're a scoring-line guy. And the trouble is it just takes one. If you're a fourth-liner, you make one drop pass, yeah. just one, yeah. you may not play for two weeks. Yeah, and Baruby, I think, really, really is a guy. You have to earn your minutes, so much so. We were talking about this the other day. Jeff Gordon, just yesterday, that uh, kind of an interesting uh, subliminal message from uh, Doug Armstrong. He does not want to see all these minutes piled up, knowing, I'm sure, how Berube, uh, uh uses his guys. And if he doesn't have faith or trust, you're, you're not going to get the minutes. He would rather not see all these minutes piled up on O'Reilly and Shen and Schwartz. And it uh, kind of speaking out loud what I would think he's already talked to about with Berube, just post. Uh, and again, Baruby makes the lineup. 
he decides how much the guys play. But I think uh, maybe a tad of, I don't know, I don't even know, frustration's the right word. Hey, you got to throw some of these guys out here and trust that they'll get the job done. Some of these guys that are getting eight, nine minutes, they're going to have to get 13, 14, 15 minutes. Yeah, this will be a fascinating process to watch this because guys just have to do it. It's got to be. The, the coach has a pretty clear vision. It's not complicated. He uh, What did he say yesterday, JT? Uh, what are you looking for? Consistency. Yep, yep. Two, consistency, 200-foot game. Yeah, yeah you, sums it but up. you got to play defense. you got to yeah, go in the yeah. corners. you got to be where you're supposed to be, predictability, consistency, uh, the whole rank. Mm-hmm. And so the process of watching all of these guys who are here now try to impress him and fit in with the other players – and then the potential for two of these really, really important guys for the future of this franchise, guys that will have to play roles on this team going forward because they will be entry-level guys uh, playing top-nine roles, Kyrou and Costin. How do they adapt? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. we know Jordan's first tour with uh, Coach Barube. Um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't it no. was difficult. Did not wow. The no, chief. and he, remember, he made he he was outstanding in in Traverse City. Uh, I think he had a hat trick against the Rangers prospects in the last game up there, and then he he had a great preseason, made the opening day roster, and he was back in San Antonio before October was over, because uh, yeah, consistency, two hundred foot game, yeah. and Cairo, and and he knows it. He's smart enough to know it before he left to go back down to San Antonio to complete the final rehab and get back playing he said yeah I, I put on 10 12 pounds i've worked hard on puck possession and i, I think even in the little slice of thomas that we've seen he's he missed a few games uh because of his uh his injury uh i think he's much better on the puck this year than mm-hmm. he was last year and you've got to do that especially if you're a skilled guy you can't get bumped off the puck and it wasn't too hard to bump Kyra off the puck last year so we'll see if he's learned his lesson you can almost you can almost draw like three circles and at first, uh, Armstrong says we've got to do this within current roster. Then the next circle, a little wider, is okay. If that's not working, Cairo and Kassin. I think if Walker comes up, he's just like a stopgap right. guy. If you bring Walker up, it's just because you need an extra guy, which is why I think maybe and, and they they can't go on this four game, eight day Western trip and not bring up a spare forward because you've got Steen is is not at a hundred percent. Blay is not with the thumb, and November's the time. If if you look back, and, and you know, I keep notes of this a past season. That's when you get you start to get some of these wear and tear injuries, where mm-hmm. maybe you have an ankle or something, where you you miss a week or or ten days or whatever. So they've got to bring somebody up. I think maybe they bring up Walker because they don't want to play him. It's right. just like an insurance policy. Sure. Give Costin a little more seasoning. But poor Clem, if they wait too long. Kairou is going to be ready, and when is that? Is it Thanksgiving? Is it by Christmas? Whatever, and if he has he has no setbacks or or anything, we all know Kairou is is a more highly regarded prospect in the organization. Kairou could pass Costin and yeah. and 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 be up on the varsity. Now, Clem is an interesting guy though because one, he's he's built to play the Bruby game, but he's got to play the game. Right. He's got to he's got to play that way. He can look like a guy who can play that game, and be a, a Pat Maroon puck, uh, you know possessor to get the puck off the wall keep the puck hold off people get chances around that you got to do it but he's built for it yeah. he's irritable which is another good thing for <laughs> would you like that? yes yes doesn't like losing as we saw at the world junior no i uh, take some take some silly penalties he's got to cut back he's already he had like 102 minutes last year there aren't too many as you well know jeff too many hundred uh 
regardless if it's the AHL or the NHL, too many hundred penalty minute guys, he's on a hundred penalty minute pace again. So he needs to he needs to cut down <laughs> on, uh, on on some of that. But he's he's got powerful forward uh, written all over him. He's what they call a North player. He's got yeah. a, he's got a he's got a pretty quick shot now. He's he, he's he's got well, he's some scoring player. potential. You know, I so it's it's a little bit I don't know perplexing that that he even though he's still only twenty. As as Armstrong mentioned, it, if it wasn't it, if he weren't a European player, and I don't think whatever uh, uh, junior hockey, Canadian Hockey League, whether it was uh, OHL or WHL, he didn't want to play for that particular program that drafted him. So he's like, I'll just go play in the AHL. So yeah. that's why he's now in his third year. But just one thing that kind of finished that thought. So first circle within the roster, second circle. San Antonio, and then third circle, as you alluded to at the start, then you look to trade somebody mm-hmm. or, or pick up somebody in free agent. But that's that's kind of the game plan for the right. for the Blues right now. And, of course, that third circle will depend on a lot, especially as we get closer to the trade deadline, uh, if it's going to be a bigger ticket guy, whether 91's coming back or not. You know, you can certainly rent a guy. If he's not, then you're fine. If, if he is, then you got a problem. So uh, it'll be very – but I think there's a lot of guys – between now and then, who are going to get their chance? Yeah, and I do yeah. think I see Clem's going to play in the NHL this year. And I think he's I think his, so. I think he's getting his chance before Cairo, and I think now what he does with it, we'll see. Now when Jordan comes up, he's so talented. Uh, people will say, "Well, you know, where where is he comparable?" Well, the scouts love this guy when he was coming out, and if I was to pick a guy, you'd want him to be like a Dabrinkit. The little guy plays for the Blackhawks, put up giant numbers playing with yeah. skilled guys. Will he get a chance to play with skilled guys here? Well, if he does, he'll put up points. Yeah. Now I don't know if yeah. he's gonna if he can defend well enough to, to play to please the chief and can he can he get all the minutes and that he that, will he will he be stronger on the puck? Yeah, yeah. But boy, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah I I think uh, we'll see cost and it just and and you know what they could very well say hey. Let's bring Costin up for this Western swing. Interesting that uh, Armstrong is going to be down. Uh, they play a back-to-back mm-hmm. against Texas uh, over the weekend, and he's going to be down there looking at some of these guys. But he said, "Someone may, as I'm flying down to uh, uh, San Antonio, someone may be leaving San Antonio to join the team. Because you just have to think they need an extra body on well, the Well, you know, or else you could just decide, hey, look, we're going to have some fun. <laughs> and that is to unleash the beast and turn Robert Bortuzzo loose again as a winger. Now he's he doesn't mind going up. <laughs> no, that's right. We've seen that. Nah. And they did. They uh, they did what? Uh, now one of them was with uh, uh, with was still with Yo, but uh, uh, I think about five times last year they went eleven and seven. Yeah, and boy, you, you and you certainly have enough defensemen who are good skaters. Yeah. You know, uh, done. Uh, Petro, Puck Carriers, Pareko, e- even Fox. So you got you got plenty of guys, and we shouldn't actually. Now that you brought that brought uh, Bartuzo up, I, who I didn't recognize without his beard the other day. Yeah. But he said he's gonna he, he shaved it off because he's gonna be Freddie Mercury for uh, Halloween. So there you have it. There. Wow. Yeah. Interesting choice. Yeah. Interesting choice indeed. But uh, yeah, the the defense we could and, and the defense has. I think they've been in, involved. Up in the play more. Their goals are up there. They're, they're like three, four in the league in defensive goals. But maybe they could even do a little more. Well, sure. Then um, at even strength, they can always jump into the play. You got Falk, who can certainly do that more more so than Edmondson. And uh, you've got four options. Typically in the power play these days, you would only use two defensemen on your two power play units. The Blues would typically use three. 
and they could get they could go up to four because they've got four guys with some ability, you know, and more and traditional. All have pretty good shots. Yeah. Some better than others. Some more accurate than the than others. When you have twenty year old Robert Thomas uh, laughing the other day about an er- er- erratic shot by Colton Pareko. Uh, well, and, it's uh, all fun and games until that erratic shot catches you in the ear. Yes. You yes, don't want. You yes. don't want to just be... ask uh, Vince Dunn, who what San Jose he caught one right in the right in the oh, jaw, and yeah. I, I don't know if he's 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 able to eat the cheeseburgers now or not. On the subject of defense, they still haven't settled in. It's Gunnarsson and Vince Dunn tonight against uh, Minnesota, so you're going to have a one righty righty combination, which apparently Bay Ruby likes with Pareko and Petro, and you're going to have a lefty lefty combination with Gunnarsson and Dunn. And uh, Dunn mentioned today, he says, I haven't really, my all my time here, I haven't really been with one guy on defense. Although, he did get about 30 games with Bortuzzo last year. But mm-hmm. still, now he's already been paired with Gunnarsson, with Bortuzzo, with Falk. I think he's had a, a game or two maybe where he was with Petro or Pareko. And could it be this season they're just going to be all season, just going to be all over the map? I mean, I thought the Pareko-Bowmeister would never get split up, but... It, it, it looks like the chief. Uh, he likes that that pair. Well, I mean, they, to me, they've got it. And this is the the other part of how does this team get stronger in the wake of Vladimir Tarasenko's injury? Uh, they have to be better defensively, get back to where they were um, last year. And I think Doug Armstrong mentioned you want to be top five or six in uh, goals against, which, which is where they've been. What last right. seven, eight years in a row are right. better. So this and that's a whole team job. And it comes down to finding your chemistry, as we've talked about up front, which Rube admitted could be a, a process that goes on for some time. But I got to think, and again, we've continued to make the case here, just try, just don't try to reinvent the wheel if you can possibly just get three right and three left and run with it. And I'm sorry, Robert Bortuzzo, if that leaves <laughs> you out for, yeah. for, for some stretches. But I, I just I got to think with this group of D-men, there's a path to stability. I mean, injuries are always going to be an issue with Carl Gunnarsson. Age is an issue with Bo Meester for sure. But I got to think that that settles more quickly than the forwards. If it doesn't, I think you're going to have problems. You're going to see more breakdowns. And, and this team not be as good defensively, which is, uh, which is again, that's going to exi- you know, cause additional problems because of uh, Tarasenko's absence. Yeah, and, and that's, that's part of who they are, at least, geez, for most of the past decade. They've always been – sound and solid and and one of the top defenses in the league i tell you what though jeff if if nothing else tarasenko being out it's going to be a more interesting season just in terms of who who takes the reins who who develops some of these guys that we hadn't seen as much and and Obviously, more, much more uncertainty than there was a week ago uh, yeah. before he got hurt against the Kings. More adventure, more coaching to be done, more, <laughs> more, more angles to write about because we're kind of running out of stuff to write about. All right, last thing on that front presence because our senior executive producer, uh, DJ Gary Hilson, is in the house telling us about time to wrap up. But, boy, the Western Conference, you look around, Minnesota's terrible. Uh, Blue see them a couple times. They blew a 3 nothing lead, lost going away. They would have lost 14-3 to had that game continued. Uh, Dallas was Five la- goals. Five oh. goals they gave up in the third period. And- I watched that game, dude, yeah. and it was uh, for don't ask why. Uh, it was ugly. Because you love hockey, Jeff Gordon. Yeah, it was, I had some fantasy guys involved in it. But, yeah, yeah it was yeah. a little ugly. And then Dallas didn't look great up until their outburst. Yeah. Colorado loses Landeskog for a long period of time after, and, and, lo- after and losing Ratner. Ratner, yeah. Ratner gets hurt against the Blues, and he's still out. Winnipeg, 
They've yeah. lost a lot of defense. A lot they're of they're a 500 club right now. Giving up a lot of goals. And, uh, you know, I, think, I like the way Nashville looks, but, but Chicago's off to a ter- terrible start. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I thought they could be better this year. And San Jose, dude. Did the Blues just beat it out? Are they, are they done? Did they just beat it out of <laughs> they them? Beat the, they beat the will out of them. And some losses, and especially some uh, cement players, some some core players yeah. they lost. Calgary, you expect them to get better. They're just middling around at uh, 500. I think they're 6-6 yeah. six, six you know, with, a, with a couple ties. But there are some teams in the – overall, the Pacific looks stronger still, I think, than – the central because uh, the coyotes are uh, they're they're off to a uh, yeah. really good start. They're kind of an interesting uh, interesting team to watch. You know the juggernaut out there, Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver. It look, yeah. looks like Edmonton may kind of be serious about actually making the playoffs. I don't know. But yeah, so things are wide open in the Western Conference. There's been there's been a lot of disappointment elsewhere besides St. Louis. So can the Blues take advantage of the Wild? Can they start finding some traction? Well, Jim Thomas on Net Front Presence, there's going to be a lot to talk about the next few weeks. Uh, there is a, a lot to see, and, and the schedule's going to pick up the uh, once October's over. The Blues will play. They, play, they have like 15, 16 games in November, so they'll be playing like every, basically every other day. Lots of hockey. Jim Thomas is going to see some, some of North America. Love those Western Canada trips. I don't know why, but I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you probably – the NFL never got you up to Calgary. No, or Edmonton. And I, I, I've told you, when I landed in Edmonton, the first, it was – only like mid-November, and it was the middle of the night. There was snow on the ground. It was like two degrees Fahrenheit, and I'm like, "Am I in the North Pole? What's, yeah. what's going? On? It's November. It's like the second. Like, Chris, we're supposed to get snow tomorrow. So you know. take a walk. Uh, you, you can bring your one, bring your coat, because if you're going to take a walk outside that hotel on, the, on these trips, yeah. JT, yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. You're not flying to you're not flying to Arizona anymore. Uh, well, you do it once in a while, but you don't have all those games you did in the uh, the NFL. Well, that's it for this time on Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon. That's been Jim Thomas. A reminder, you can get this podcast and all of our others on stltoday.com slash podcast. Also, in all of your favorite podcast apps, we're out there. Tell your friends about us. uh, Recommend us. Let people know that we're here to talk hockey. So, JT, until next time, for DJ Gary Harrelson, see ya!